It's time for Random Randomness on the BookSpeak Network. Random thoughts, random ideas, random poetry, and random discussion from the novel guys. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Kashinsky, Chris Pisano, and Jeff Young. Random Introduction. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Random Randomness with the novel guys and Christine. Hello. That was Christine, by the way. I'm novel guy Brian. Off to my right is novel guy Jeff. Apparently that's me. My turn. We don't have novel guy Chris because he couldn't make it. But there is novel guy Chris who is not here. So throughout the show, we will do impressions of Chris. It's fun. Everyone laughs. Laugh, Jeff. Sorry. Ha. <laughs> so, uh, if we don't remember, uh, we are the Novel Guys. We have four different pen names. We write under the pen names of Victor Bloodstone, Apollo Harrison, Jordan Corvus, and the DCM, which stands for the Trunk of Comic Book Monkeys. We write in different genres, and that's why we have the pen names, is to separate all the different genres that we write in. Uh, recently, we updated our novelguys.com website to include a fun gallery for each different pen name slash personality slash voices in our head with pictures that kind of um, uh, go with each different personality. Uh, I think it's fun. So when you get a chance, feel free to go check it out at novelguys.com. And since it's now convention season, we have been participating in a lot of different conventions. So far, we're up to Four so far this year. I'm looking at Christine. He looks at me like I remember any better than him. You were at every single one of them. And so were you. Really? Just yes. I was even a one that you weren't at. Oh. Oh. So that's five. Dang. That's right. That's right. Because they were the yes. same weekend. Yeah. Ah, overlapping. So we're at the five. <laughs> that's random. Among three people, divvied unevenly. That's random. <laughs> that is random. <laughs> But uh, so far, the convention season has been going splendidly. We're having a lot of fun, meeting a lot of new people, and getting some of our books into other people's hands. So, ah, now... Random Novel Guys News. We have a new book. Well, it's not the newest book we had, but it's a new release that we really didn't get a chance to hype uh, due to um, a little bit of COVID, a little bit of... Uh, bumping into other releases. So uh, we are very happy to announce that we have recently released Nor Shapes of Men. Uh, That is published by Hellbender Books, and this is book three of the Shattered World series. And for for those who don't know, the Shattered World series is about a group of people waking up with superpowers, But instead of putting them in spandex and capes and making them fight crime, we really try to keep it grounded in reality to explore what regular people would do if they had these abilities. So this is book number three. Uh, Book one, we started small. Book two, we we grew a little bit more, uh, had the the incidents start to uh, move uh, beyond where they geographically started. And in book three, we're getting a little bit bigger. Um, don't want to give away too much, but we blow up a city. And for those of us in Pennsylvania, when you see the city that we blow up, you won't care. You'll, you, you'll be perfectly fine that we blew it up. <laughs> but anyway, Jeff. Well, one of the other cool things about the series is unlike some others where people have woken up with superpowers, you guys actually explain within the first book where the powers came from. Sometimes yes. that's the, 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 the thing that drags on and people, um, you know, keep coming back to find out why it happened. But there gets a point where you stop caring and, you know, you kind of move on. So at least you guys kind of drag it out a bit and then reveal what the source of it is. Exactly. So. We didn't want the story to be about how they got them. We wanted the story to be about what they're going to do with them after they got them. So, of course, the, another reason why we did it is to uh, explore the, the age-old question of, Jeff, if you had a superpower, what superpower would you want? Um, I don't know. I think all superpowers are going to give you headaches no matter what. 
Um, but oh, that's, that's a, a very really good point. Jaded response. I don't know. I think we've all. <coughs> we've, I've read your books. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think that. Um, okay, flight. I think would be really kind of cool. Okay, Christine. To, at some point in my life, I would have said the ability to, to see hear other people's thoughts just to know what's going on. But I've seen enough shows. Most recently, there was an episode of the new version of Fantasy Island where someone could and it was it was driven off of a caramel that they they ate. And they decided one is good, two is better. And it went completely haywire. And that reminds me why I never want that particular superpower. I don't know. What would I want? I mean, flight's good. You know, it helps with traffic and, you know, getting where you need to go. It seemed um, pretty innocuous when you <clears throat> think about it. But, you know, then there's got to be the downside. Because when can you fly? Because there's got to be something that, you know, balances that. There's the physicist looking for the reality in the, the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Plus, you get a chance to spit on people you don't like. <laughs> fly right over them. With great power comes the nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think nope. we all know my answer. Is <laughs> that uh, my my answer that I, I definitely would love to have telekinesis? Because once I discover that I have telekinesis, I am going to Vegas. I am sitting at the roulette table, and I'm making that little ball hit every number I want it to hit, and life will be good. You know. Interestingly enough, since he's not here and we can talk about him, I actually remember Chris's answer to this question. Because at one point he was asked this question. And Chris's answer was the ability to make the ice cream truck appear at will. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, he did. In fact, wasn't that in one of the uh, behind the scenes? It is. And having just sat recently in a park with an ice cream truck that was stuck (laughs) for about 20 yards away from us for approximately 40 minutes and played exactly the same tune, that could be a really good power. In that very specific niche moment. Offensive (laughs) manner. All right, moving on to random number. The random number is 1,977. Uh, completely non-sequitur question, Christine. Where were you when uh, Star Wars Episode Four came out? In the theater. Do you remember the I, event? Oh, the my whole God. Thing? Yes. I was obsessed. That was... I, I, I'm probably using a little hyperbole when I say this, but it was life-changing. Which is probably why I have two Star Wars-related tattoos on me. At three. Three. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, I think that was my kind of awakening that I was what would be later known as a nerd. Because it was something I had never really seen before. Like, I, I followed Battlestar Galactica, and I'm trying to remember the chronology of all of those. But that whole time period with all of the that space opera and all of that um you know such a different world and such different beings um i I didn't really have too much of a grounding in star trek at the time but then afterwards became much more interested in all of that i mean and i'll even tell you one of my favorite one of my my memories from uh being a kid number my favorite toy growing up and number two having darth vader show up at my grocery store I have a picture of me in a little pink sundress getting my picture taken with Darth Vader in the shop right in the in Middlesex, New Jersey. You probably had the biggest smile I, yeah, on yes, your face. Yes, I did. You probably, your smile was like an anime character smile. Oh, oh, but. Ninety percent of all your but. face. Yeah, that was that was that was epic for me. Jeff, your Star Wars Episode Four memory, if you have one. Well, the funny part about Star Wars Four was that. That was supposed to be the big incident where I was actually given responsibility and I was supposed to take my brother and my sister to see it. And we had no idea what we were up against. Um, as in, we walked in and had no tickets. Oh. And somebody made a command decision looking at the line that wrapped around the building twice and said, 
we're going to see another movie, which turned out to be hardly working with Jerry Lewis in it. So I never actually saw Star Wars in the theater when during the run. However, I was okay. able to con my parents into buying the book off the grocery store rack, and I read all the books. So nice. when did you finally see Star Wars? I have episode? no idea at all. Um, but mm. I did finally see it on like that, you know, clunky piece of antique technology called a VCR tape. Oh, VCR did you see uh, Empire Strikes Back in the theater? I did not. Okay, so I you see, just I saw didn't... none of the original three <gasps> in the theater. Oh wow! What? What? See, my what? my dad actually stood in line, so my mom and I went shoe shopping while we were waiting to get into. Because I was, you know, I'm still a girl. Um, so I came back with the cutest little pair of um, navy wedges. Um, while my poor dad stood in line and we saved our spot so we could get into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my shocked face. Very surprised by by that statement. My dad, my dad is amazing. Yeah. I don't actually remember a lot about the event itself. I remember the movie. I remember I saw it in the theaters. <clears throat> I remember the movie. I remember just being in awe and beside myself. And then, of course, talking about it with all my friends the next day in school. And, and of course, I was six at the time. So I wasn't the smartest apple in the shed. So I actually thought Darth Vader died at the end. And then there was a great debate if he had something out of control that equals death. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised and very happy to be completely wrong uh, when Empire came out. That one I remember. Uh, that one and Jedi. I remember the lines, The especially Jedi. We saw it in the... <laughs> this, is, this is old for... For anyone in the area, the old Camp Hill theaters, uh, it was a two-seater, but it was in a bigger building, and just the, the line wrapped around the building two or three times, and it was crazy and insane. But I do not believe that it's hyperbole to say it was life-changing. I mean, especially uh, when we were we were younger at that age, you know, other than Jeff, who... You know, didn't see it until... <laughs> it's my life. I typically am a book reader, so, you know, I went straight to the book. And it was life-changing. And it all happened in my head. You saw the movie <laughs> in your brain. The movie theater screen was in the inside of your skull. The inside of your eyelids when you closed your eyes. That's how you saw the movie. Yeah, I knew he was short for a stormtrooper. <laughs> all right well we'll uh, leave everyone with that image as jeff dressed as a stormtrooper and we will take a little break to allow all of our sponsors to say their sponsorly things we'll be back sunbury press books brings you the work of authors from many genres if you are into horror thrillers or fantasy check out our hellbender books imprint thomas malafarina's malformed reality series the 13th child by nick korolev the state changer series by chris fenwick or the psychological thrillers of keith rommel find these and other works at the hellbender books tab and all works of fiction and non-fiction at sunburypress.com and we're back with random beer Let's try this again. Damn it! <laughs> okay, there was I think it's significantly less spewage. I don't know what else you call that um, than last time for for new guests. That was Brian's attempt at opening a beer and uh, usually spraying all of the equipment while he does that. Uh, last time it was a much bigger spray, but he's got it somewhat contained. Do you like um, spicy beer? I was gonna say, I think I'm drinking this entire thing, which yeah, is fine. Yeah. So, uh, random beer for this segment is uh, another one. This is this is my segment, my contribution again, and another beer that I picked simply based on the name of it, which is Safe Word. Um, because it is a triple IPA. Uh, it is um, mango habanero, and it's hopped with Chinook, Amarillo, and Simcoe as the hops. It is a big boy. It is 10%, um, and it's kind of polarizing because of the spicy aspect of the, the beer. <laughs> <laughs> that was Brian's first reaction drinking it. <coughs> Yeah. Um. 
Um, that's a thing. <laughs> right? It, like I said, you either love it or you hate it. Um, and basically, if you check any of the Untapped or uh, any of the other like Beer Advocate, uh, it, it gets like a three point something percent I out of five. Um, because either you really like the the smoky the the the, um, the spicy elements, and for me, and I haven't actually gotten to taste it yet because I'm still talking, but it hits me right in the back of the the throat, and it's like a burn. And once it starts to build, I can't stop drinking it. Um, the first place I got it was in this very cool place called Double Wide Grill in Cranberry Township, which is unfortunately is no longer a thing. They have fantastic beer selection. And when I saw Safe Word, I thought, I got to try this. And after I had the first one, I just, I was like, I, I need another one. And the waitress said, you're the first one who's ever ordered more than one. Mostly people just send them back. Um, so, and even, even the website or the, the brewery itself, which is free will out of per Casey, um, they said their, their exact quote when they announced that it had been released this year was you sickos ask for this one every year, literal flames. It's a doozy, but a fun one. And it's back for a limited time. Um, so they put this thing on sale sometime at the beginning of May and it is sold out like within a week. And I've gotten, I've gotten, I've gotten, I've missed out at least the last couple of years. And something in the force told me that, that it was going on sale the very day they announced it. And I got two four packs delivered to our house. And this is one of the ones we were getting to try because you only get one shot at this, but um, I love it. Well, and I'm going to taste some now. Well, I will say. Uh, upon uh, first whiff, the aroma is very enticing. It, you can definitely get <laughs> uh, Christine's in her happy spot at the moment. Oh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> uh, it does. It does smell wonderful. Uh, unfortunately, for me, again, this is just my palate. Uh, my palate is on fire at the moment. So the rest, all the, the hop characteristics, the, the notes, the uh, other uh, delectable flavors that I'm sure this beer has uh, is, is being masked by my tongue attempting to run away from my face. Jeff, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know if I'm thinking anymore. Um, no, uh, Brian's absolutely I right. Broke whatever Jeff. whenever you, you take a first sniff of it, it's nice. When you get it right there before you go ahead and take that sip, you're like, oh. And then after you've had a few sips, you feel the fire all the way, all the way back to the back of your tongue, which yeah. is where it's now burning right there in the back, right next to the epiglottis, which is probably like, get the hell away from me. This is, uh, <laughs> this is liquid tonsillectomy. Well, and you should know what you're getting into. The, the can itself is fantastic. It's got the, the, uh, a stylized version of a mango and a couple habanero peppers on the one side, and then literally a skull on fire <laughs> on either side of it. Um, so not shy about letting you know what you're getting into, but like I said, if you're, um, some people are like whiskey or bourbon drinkers where there's a little bit of that burn to me, it's very similar to that where you kind of get that burn on your, on your tongue as you're, as you're drinking it. And then the more you do, the more it intensifies. So, but apparently I'm one of those sickos that happens to enjoy this and looks forward to this being available every year. So. Excellent. Thank you for the random beer. Thank you. <laughs> Which brings us to Random Fortress News. New book. We have a new book out. Uh, right now it is only available uh, as an ebook. Uh, we are, uh, uh, we printed. Uh, a nice big batch uh, through traditional printing. We just received an email from the uh, printer saying that they will be delivered very soon. Uh, so exciting. It is very exciting. Um, uh, and uh, we'll be setting it up through uh, uh, other uh, print-on-demand sources. So uh, hopefully very soon we will have uh, available wherever you buy your books. It is another novel in the Legacy of Devils series. 
This is the series about um, the new movie monsters. So uh, monsters like the mask-wearing, unstoppable slasher, the dream monsters, the living doll, the <clears throat> murder clowns, demons, uh, etc., etc. The the new movie monsters. So uh, this one, uh, I'll describe it as uh, Christine. Do you like Freddy Krueger? Well, of course I do. Do you like ninjas? Who doesn't? Well, there you go. Now you know what Dream Eaters is about. So this is our uh, quote-unquote Freddy Krueger character, the, uh, the the nightmare monster versus uh, a ninja. We wanted to, with the, with the Legacy of Devil series, we wanted to pair the monster with someone who is capable and able to take care of themselves and, and actually have a decent fighting chance. So when we were discussing the, the, the dream monster, we were trying to think of a genre or a, a um, archetype that could handle um, going into dreams and controlling their own dreams. So we figured, you know what, let's, let's think about ninjas. There's a lot of focus. There's, um, they're very stealthy. They, uh, they value um, introspection and control over not only their bodies, but their minds and their souls as well. So uh, that's the route we decided to go with this. And for those of you who have read The Truth in Their Blood, this book is about Orion's parents. So now you get to understand Orion a little bit better, where he came from, and why he doesn't know what he doesn't know, and why the things that happened to him in Truth in Their Blood have happened to them. So, when you get a chance, go out, find The Dream Eaters by Victor Bloodstone, and enjoy. Which brings us to Random Animal. What is the random animal, Christine? Okay, so this is one of those situations where it's a bit of, <laughs> you should be careful what you ask for, um, and you should do research before you declare things to your husband. Um, so coming out of the wombat discussion, if uh, you have listened to prior podcasts, you will understand. Oh, you should go find um, it. Yeah, oh, if you haven't, you should discussion. go find it because the wombat discussion is still a talk at our family gatherings. Um, <clears throat> so coming out of that, I started, for, for whatever reason, on social media and found these pictures of the cutest creature. It always has a smile. In fact, it's known for being a smiling creature and uh, discovered it was called the quokka. And I thought, boy, that's the cutest thing that I've seen. I'm going to claim the quokka as my random animal. She claimed it. She demanded it. She put her foot down, made a she fist, did. and pumped it in the air all but with licked, certainty. All but licked it to claim it as my own. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't actually know anything more about the animal than what it looked like and apparently what it was called. Um, and then Brian started sending me these awful things about the quokka. And the more research I did about it, the more I realized... Wow, Australia's got some weird crap. Um, so, Christine, so, what about the quokka is unusual? Well, let's start with what's not. We'll start with the easy stuff, and we'll ease ourselves into what could actually be described as horrifying. Um, so, to start with, it's about the size of a domestic cat, so it's not very large. Uh, it is a herbivore, and it is mostly nocturnal. Um, although it can run at the speed of almost 20 miles an hour, and that is its go-to defense mechanism. We'll get more into that a little bit later. Um, and it's been known to hop like a bunny. So it's got these big smile on its face, these little buck teeth, and it hops around like a bunny. It's adorable. Um, it is from Australia. In fact, um, so the it's, <laughs> it's most prevalent in a place called Rottnest Island, which actually was named... Um, by a Dutch explorer who thought it was a rat, and it was actually in in, in Dutch, rat's nest. Um, it was the name of the island. I'm sorry, Brian took a big sip of beer just as I said that. Um, yeah, you don't want that one coming out your nose. No, no. that is going to burn everywhere. 
Um, and it is actually a relatively vulnerable species, so it's not quite endangered yet, but there's anywhere between 8,000 and 20,000 of them around. Um, so they are, like, like I said, they're extremely cute. People love to get pictures taken with them, and that, now so that Instagram actually has an alert that goes on any tag that includes the word quokka um, to warn people to stay the hell away from them. Um, so um, some of the weirder stuff about them, uh, when food is scarce, they actually store fat in their tails for energy when t- times get rough. Kind of like There's a, a joke. Something. There's a joke yeah. in there about, you know, I think fat a lot of tail. us store fat in our tails, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and if when water is in short supply, they can actually go for an entire month without taking a drink. Because of their fat tail. Because of their fat tail. Okay. So um, speaking of food, they do... Um, they do not chew their food before they swallow it, and then they regurgitate the undigested material in the form of a cud, which is also eaten. Probably should have put a disclaimer. If you're eating, you should not be listening to this part. It could get a little gross. Um, so Retro disclaimer. So bolt yeah. it down, save it for later. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then just bring it back up whenever you're ready. Kind of like in college. <laughs> wow. Things were um, different at your college. Yeah. <laughs> he did, I don't hear he did you disagreeing to, with me, Jeff. He did go to Penn State. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> um, it is a very social creature, um, but one of the downfalls of being social with humans is that not only do they all want to get selfies with them, um, they also have a tendency to feed them. And human food actually can can actually adversely react. They could actually uh, die from not being able to digest the human food. So. Well, humans um, die from human food, too. So that is true one also. Would, one would assume. Um, so this is all really just leading up to their most distinctive uh, characteristic, which if you remember about me saying that when they are threatened, they run. But if that particular quokka happens to be a mama quokka and has a baby in her pouch, her little joey, um, she will drop the baby before she runs, hoping that the noise the baby makes when it hits the ground uh, will distract the predator long enough for her to get away. Because you can always make more babies. You yes. can't make more you. Yeah, that is. And, and of all of the sources, other than National Geographic kids, every single one of them... <laughs> Noted that particular characteristic. Jeff's giving me a look like... <laughs> Don't forget to share this with your friends because Mother's Day is right around, right around the corner. Um, yeah, in fact, I, I got a quote from a conservation biologist that said, The pouch is really muscular, so the mum will relax it and the bub will fall out. <coughs> yeah, so they basically just drop the baby. Now, there was some comment about throwing it. They don't throw it. They just uh, basically pop it right out. Jettison it's start, it. Jet, jettison jet. it just like you would the trash before you hit hyperspace. Um, <laughs> and then it just runs away. But the good news is apparently they're promiscuous, so they can always make more. So they're <clears throat> easy going. Yeah. Easy so going away the from their kids, apparently. Yeah. <sighs> Alrighty. See, yeah, this was... Uh, and you want I should have known say, better. I really better. should. I'm going to be dreaming just about that. Just because it's cute doesn't mean it's not really messed up. Yes. Yes, it's cute, but crazy. Yep. 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 Alrighty. Yep. That was and our on that note. That was our random animal. And as Christine said, on that note, we shall take a little break to, uh, we're going to say to let the sponsors do sponsor things, but I think it's to take a mental recovery from learning about that. So you all can go ahead and Google Quokka right now. Exactly. They're adorable, though. Seriously. Yeah, look at all the pictures. Stupid don't, cute. Don't look at the... And don't, get, don't go beyond don't that. Don't get caught taking pictures with them. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. Or feeding them cookies. Listen for the Brown Posey Press podcast, available here on the BookSpeak Network. I'm Tori Gates, and my guests include fellow authors on our fiction imprint, but also other independent and self-published writers, poets, movers, and shakers in the literary world. Listen for current and previous shows here. The BookSpeak Network brings the story behind the stories and their creators here. Welcome back, and... Random Haiku. So, this episode, 
Um, we were talking a lot about uh, AI-generated art and AI-generated wordy words and etc. So we decided to do a little test for a random haiku. The three of us each wrote a haiku about pizza. And then we had an AI generator generate a haiku about pizza. So I should say three haiku about pizza. So we're going to do a little contest. It'll be a head-to-head -head human versus AI haiku versus haiku as to which one is better. So of course we can't uh, read and judge our own. So um, we are going to pull our producer into this mess, kicking, screaming, crying, <laughs> whether he likes it or not. And then we're going to have him read the haiku and choose a winner for each pair. So is it a winner in terms of which is best or which one is the AI versus which is the human? I think it could probably be both, but definitely okay. which one is better, I think is the, the priority. And then if Tori wishes to try to, to guess which one is AI versus human, he is more than welcome. Well, I think I have already gotten a pretty good idea of which ones are the AI poems and which ones are not. I'll explain that later. Um, I will find out if I'm right or wrong fairly quickly. Um, interesting. So what I think I'll do, if, if you're cool with it, I will read the two from each of you. Yes. And what I'll do is we'll give, give them time to digest this, this great writing and these, these great poetic uh, stories of the soul, and we will see what happens. Um, let's see. I'm going to start with Brian. And um, we have two, of course. So I'm going to read just top to bottom, one and two. Somnolent twilight, a frozen pizza rising whilst watching the moon. The second one is this. Pizza, I love you. Cheese, sauce, bacon, ham, meatball, never pineapple. Alrighty. So, who won? Which, which haiku won out of that pair? Well, um, my opinion is biased because I first of all think that the human version will always win because what little I know about AI sounds like it's still in its infancy stages and I just can't see this thing really working. I... Looking at each of these, think I know, and I'll I'll go with that in a second, but I go with the second of these as the best, the pizza I love you. Wonderful. Wonderful. This one is the offering from Christine and the AI version. <clears throat> Crust, sauce, cheese, so good, plus all the toppings you want, except pineapple. Here is the second one. Somnolent summer, a golden pizza setting at the perfect moon. Most intriguing, I would say. All right, who won out of that pair? Uh, I go with the first one, the crust chassis is so good. I like that. That, that <laughs> reminds me of, uh, one of, of, a, of a manga about food where they're always going, so good. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, and this one is Jeff's with the AI version. Let's see. Serene Evenfall. A homemade pizza rising because of the moon. And here is the second one. Dough is the bottom. Sauce, pepperoni, mushroom, cheese, crowning glory, pizza. All right, who won out of that pair? <clears throat> I uh, gotta go with the second one. Dough okay. is the bottom. Now, here's the thing. I read over each of these briefly before we went into the uh, break. I have a pretty good idea of which of these are human and which of these are AI. Because in Brian's and in Christine's, 
we have haikus, each of which say somnolent, and they talk about moon. And then in Jeff's, we have serene, we have rising moon. My guess is those are the AIs. That is correct. That is correct. Well, I think it's also interesting, though, is uh, we, the three of us, wrote these independently without looking at each other's at all. And both Christine and I ended with a distaste for pineapple without knowing the other person was also doing that. And then I also thought it was interesting that Jeff and I listed ingredients to the pizzas. Well, I started with the base. That's right. You did. So we all kind of had the same concept around this. And for the record, the idea of except pineapple came to me at like 11 o'clock last night when I was trying to go to sleep. And I actually sat up, pulled out my phone, and actually wrote out the entire haiku just to make sure. But he never got to see it yeah, until I, he showed me his. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Read this. Yeah. So and, and that was the thing. Looking at looking at that, the so the, those two could have been an, an AI chatbot, but it's <laughs> it's our collective brain. So and, we're all talking about building a pizza, and the yeah. AI is just waxing about how wonderful it is, right? And use in its it, the, the tipping was a word like somnolent, which I had never heard <laughs> until I was like probably in my late twenties or early thirties right. and didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> and and it's like. Yes, it's like it, gives, it leads to the question of AI. It's it's intuitiveness, as I say. I think it, it's in its infancy because it kept using the same words. It kept using the same uh, triggers. Yes, exactly. It was sort of like it was almost like uh, that in, in when you're using your your phone and you're texting, and all of a sudden words pop Predictive. up that you don't necessarily yeah. want. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. I just said, what like, words do poets use often? Somulent. Yeah. That could be rising. It tosses or it like ducking. Could actually have been it's the never words ducking. that I put in whenever I programmed the thing. What else did you? Put? What did you do? <laughs> Jeff, actually, you the do? funny part about it is, is somnolent is not a word that I used. Okay. I used twilight, and I used rising, and I used moon, and I used pizza. And I don't remember there was one other one. And I just kept clicking the button to see what else it would come up with. And did apparently, it really liked somnolent. Did, <laughs> did you start Skynet? I think he did. Oh man, I do that with. Uh, the you know what? Graffiti. If it's using, if it's choosing someone, then that's Chris's fault. It's not. Oh, it that's does sound Chris, like that. Sounds like a Chris like, word. It does yep. definitely sound like Chris. We know you did this. Well, one thing I like to do is just I goof around with AI art. Um, again, definitely not a thing that we would ever use, other than to type words like "taco god tentacle." And uh, you can unsee that. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, another one is Pizza Nightmare Muppet. Mm. Um, that one, too. Uh, Spartacus Muppet Cenobite. That's a, that's a good one, too. So, yeah, well, no, I'm getting a look. I'm getting a look. I believe that means we should move on to the next... Segment? Segment. Which is Random Cool News with Jeff. So when you ask... Um, what is the um, strangest new thing that's out there? Let's go through this. Maybe you thought that you had it rough dealing with traffic on your commute today. Maybe your cat coughed up a hairball in the kitchen. Well, the folks in Bridlington, East Yorkshire, got a bigger surprise that is now a bigger issue. A fin whale weighing about 30 tons died and is now occupying their beach. While it's become a sort of bizarre tourist attraction, authorities are concerned about the inevitable and what do you do next. Ideas were gathered and chopping up the carcass was considered, but the East Riding Yorkshire Council has decided to move the entire whale. Oh, God, that's a good idea. Roads are being closed and the area is cordoned off due to health concerns and zoologists are being consulted about final disposition as well as allowing them time to study the whale. And right now, things are moving along and good decisions are being made. But that hasn't always been the case. Faced with a similar problem, the people of Florence, Oregon, came up with a both radical and disastrous solution to an eight-ton sperm whale that ended up on their beach 53 years ago. And when isn't blowing things up with explosive the answer? Yes. Well, obviously not in this case. 
The result was bone and blubber, which rained down over the spectators, who were all there to see it, for a quarter of a mile around, including a massive chunk that managed to demolish someone's car. As a matter of fact, several years ago, Florence, which had developed a reputation after the oddball event, decided to commemorate the whale by naming a park after it. No, they did not actually name the whale. The park is unimaginably called the Exploding Whale Memorial Park. What state is this in, Jeff? It's in Oregon. You can find it. You can visit it. We will. And please, if you do, take a picture and post it with the podcast. Um, We wish the Brits better luck and hope they don't need a park. That's, oh, the that, visuals on that story are just... Oh, my God. There is a video out there of the is reporter. There? So definitely go check out the video. Of the of the whale blowing up? Yes. <gasps> yes. They, Along with his, his resulting commentary, which is probably the most priceless part of it. The... No, the words blubber and bone Boom. is that... That should be a book series. Raining. Raining, Raining blubber and bone. A memoir. <laughs> Yep. Well, um, okay, we've got hammer and blood. We don't need blubber and bone. <laughs> S- says you. I think I know what you next... Work it in there. <laughs> I think I know what our next haiku challenge is. Is that <gasps> Yes! The blubber and bone. Ra- raining blubber and bone haiku challenge. I may That's be six sick right there. <laughs> it all but writes itself. <laughs> boom, boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Blubber, 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 and bone, and bone, and at the right, just imagine the <laughs> yeah. correct number of syllables. Yeah. <laughs> Raining. I'm done. Blubber and bone. <sighs> Mic drop if they weren't on stands. Yeah, and they're Tory, so we don't yes. want to break them. Right. So we will not mic drop. We'll pen drop. That's what we did. We just dropped the pen. It was a nice pen, too. His name was Steve. We'll miss you, Steve. Okay, we're going to move on now. Okay. Sorry. Are you sure? Yes. We're move on? Yes, we're, we're going to move on to random book excerpt. So our random book excerpt, this edition, is coming from a fairly recent release called Mayhem Menagerie. It is book two of Satan's Petting Zoo. I know we did an excerpt from Satan's Petting Zoo either last time or the time before. Um, that was book one. This is book two. And we, we got a great cover. Christine loves the cover because our main character, Chad, who is in half-rabbit form, has his little tongue sticking out. He has quokka face. He does. <laughs> we have, he has quokka face. Oh, you might have to write that. Oh, you might have to have a, a wear quokka. A wear quokka. Oh, my God. If you ever wondered where the ideas come from, yeah. This is, this is how it, right there. You want wear quokka? This is so how we get, get a wear quokka. With little wear quokka baby bombs. Wow. <laughs> you did that. Okay, and what has to happen is the wear quokka has to basically get thrown in front of the bad guys and everybody else runs away. <laughs> that would serve it right. Yep. Yes. It yeah. just seemed like a you know strange sort of ju- poetic justice there. Use the wear quokka once. once. Yes. Unless you make more wear quokka. Well, I mean, that's always an option. You know what yeah. that's called? Wear quokka. I think it's Isn't good there an to, read to read Yes. All right. So, in uh, book one, uh, we have a group of four friends who become lycanthropes. Uh, they become, instead of werewolves like they were hoping for, they became four different animals. However, in book one, uh, even though it is done in third person, it is all from the point of view of Chad, the werehare. Uh, book two, however we decide to expand a little bit. So every two chapters is Chad's point of view, but every third chapter we give Heston and Kyle and Cooper their own points of view as to what's going on. So it begins at chapter three, and we will read Heston's section of chapter three. And if you haven't read book one yet, uh, we highly recommend it. It's a fun little book. Uh, you know what? We're not going to tell you what animal chat or Heston has turned into. So this should make this a little more interesting. Jeff, are you ready wow. to participate? Yes. All right. Here we go. 
Get up, loser. Heston recognized that voice. He hated that voice. The door to his bedroom shook as the person on the other side kicked it. Heston rolled over and pulled his covers over his head, hoping he was having a nightmare. Come on, wake up! Heston was indeed having a nightmare, just one that didn't happen while sleeping. More pounding on his door, he tossed his covers off and sat up in bed. Coming! That made the pounding stop. He didn't want to wake up yet. He didn't want to leave his bedroom yet, and he sure as hell didn't want to see his brother. Ever. Why was he even here? Heston slipped on a pair of sweatpants and ambled to the mirror on the back of his closet door. His belly rolled over the top of his sweatpants, and it, looked, and it took very little movement to make his arms jiggle. This upset him, but he hated his chest the most. Man boobs, or moves, as he had so often been teased but he was working on changing what he saw. In a few seconds, his waist shrunk by two inches while his arms and chest tightened up a bit. He could hold this shape with very little concentration or effort. He put on a plain white t-shirt and exited his room. A piece of paneling in the hallway had popped loose again. Hessen used his thumb to push the small nail back into the hole it came from. On his way to the kitchen, he glanced into the guest room. The two empty suitcases implied the dresser and closet were now full. A swirl of anger, fear, and sadness burned in his gut. What's Chuck doing here? Heston asked as he entered the kitchen. His father and brother, half-brother actually, sat at the kitchen table, gulping coffee from faded red, white, and blue coffee mugs, souvenirs from an Independence Day street festival a decade ago. His father's jowls melted into the rolls of his neck and jiggled as he said, Good fucking morning to you, too. Sorry, Heston mumbled. Just surprised to see Chuck, that's all. Why? I fucking live here, Chuck barked. He was a younger version of their father, without the gray stubble coating his cheeks and neck. Yeah, I've lived here for the last six months. Well, I do now. Is that okay with you, Kleski? Heston's gaze fell taking his shoulders with it. Chuck took every opportunity to dig at Heston about his last name. Heston's parents never married, so he somehow got his mother's last name as well as her cherubic round cheeks and large green eyes. According to his father, she should have taken her name with her when she left, but Heston decided to keep it, holding onto it like a life preserver in the turbulent ocean of his life, hoping that someday she'd sail back to rescue him. Chuck McCurdy wanted to make sure Heston knew which son was the favorite of Bud McCurdy. Sorry. Yeah, that that's fine. So what do you want? What do you mean? Chuck asked. You woke me up. Why did you wake me up? <laughs> Just to wake you up? Dick. Hey, Bud barked. Don't talk to your brother like that. Yeah, asshole, don't talk to me like that. If he didn't wake you up, I was gonna, Bud said. I need you to come with me today. I'm a man down. Doing free manual labor on his father's work sites wasn't how Heston had hoped to spend the last day of his winter break. What about Chuck? What the fuck about Chuck? Chuck yelled. Can't he, why can't he fill in? Heston asked his father. Jesus Christ, he just got home last night, so how about you give him a friggin' minute to breathe? Tomorrow's my first day of classes, so I wanted to be ready. Yeah? Who do you think pays for your school? My scholarships and grants from the state and federal governments. Well, Chuck and I pay taxes. Now get changed so you can earn what we give you. Without another word, Heston stormed back to his room and slammed his door shut. He tore off his shirt and stood in front of the mirror. His skin rippled and rolled like cellophane under a hairdryer. His belly lifted over his pants and folded in on itself, disappearing to make way for his abdominal muscles. Skin tightened, the droop of his chest lifted, striations within his pectorals formed. Inflating like balloons, his shoulders swelled, the muscles stopping when each one became the size of his head. Wriggling veins played under the tight skin of his tree trunk arms. This was what he wanted to look like, wanted to be. This is the person he wanted to show his father and half-brother. The concentration was too hard, the pain overwhelming. 
As if exhaling after holding his breath for too long, Heston relaxed and fell back into his bed. His body went back to the shape it was this morning when he woke up. Panting, he needed a minute to get his energy back to stand up and get dressed. And he fantasized about the day he could look like that full time. He'd show Bud and Chuck who he really was. He'd show them soon enough. And thus ends chapter three. I think that's a really cool point, though, that you made, because for him to be something other than the lycanthrope body he's chosen, he has to work. Yes. And he he can't keep that. But he can flip to the other one and stay there. Yes. He can can get to his lycanthrope self with ease now uh, after uh, book one of dealing with the, the transformation and trying to figure things out. And uh, kind of implied in the beginning, he can adjust his human side uh, a little bit here, a little bit there, into uh, uh, into a shape he he likes a little bit more. But to get to that ultimate, uh, the goal that he wants to get to, to look uh, like the, to get the physique he feels like he wants to have, it uh, takes uh, too much of an effort to get there. But... Um, in this book, if you couldn't tell, we introduce his half-brother Chuck, and we explore his relationship with his father, uh, none of which are good. And so uh, the book explores not only that, but uh, what the other three are doing as well, and how they're looking at their newfound abilities and what they're doing with them, and going from there in their lives. So, if you get a chance, check out Mayhem Menagerie, published by Verboten Books, on sale anywhere you uh, get your books. So, this concludes another episode of Random Randomness. Any parting words? Looking at Christine, she is she has she. Stay away from the quackas. Okay. Jeff, if this isn't random enough for you, we'll be back and randomize it again. Yes, we will. <laughs> So uh, we want to say goodbye and thank you to Lawrence from Sunbury Press for allowing us to do this. Thank you to our producer, Tori, for uh, helping us through this and by being impartial judge and uh, contributing to a segment. And generally putting up with us. And yep. as, we do, as we leave you every time, thanks for letting us be random with you. You've been listening to Random Randomness, brought to you by The Novel Guys. Tune in again next time for more random thoughts and rambling discussions. Check out Satan's Petting Zoo on the Verboten Books tab at sunburypress.com. Thank you for listening. This is the BookSpeak Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.